the, um, the calling on your life, on Church Unlimited, New Era of Conquest, all the things God is speaking, more campuses, then these gatherings like tonight, prayer gatherings, really are the key to fulfilling our destiny. Please don't just see it as another add-on service. But this is, tonight's probably is far more important than this morning because tonight's going to help us step into everything God has for you and that God has for me. The call has come prophetically several times now that we need to increase in prayer. So if you can help us with that, that would really be appreciated. It will be a powerful night. But let me just tell you something about tonight. You know, probably the most valuable trade you could ever learn in life, in any area of your life, is knowing how to pray. You know, you can go to university and study law or nursing or accountancy and carpentry and all, and they're great trades. But nothing beats the trade of prayer. Nothing. And these services actually train you in prayer. Not only how to pray, but also how to strengthen your prayer muscle, your prayer spirit. And you know, if you develop strong prayer biceps, do you know what that means? Listen carefully. It doesn't matter what life throws at you, you'll win. You won't need to fear the future if you know how to pray. I often say to myself, God, I know there are challenges, but I thank you that you've taught me to pray. And I can fight my way through this. I've recently been through some real challenges. And I've cried out and said, God, I just say, God, I know I can fight my way through this. And I do. And that's what happens in these nights that we gather. You know, they're just not a throwaway service. You learn the most wonderful thing you could ever learn in life, and that's how to pray, and also to develop how to pray a little bit more than maybe you have prayed historically. It will make you one of God's most powerful instruments on the earth. Because do you know why? People who can pray can bring heaven to earth. And that's what it's about. I'm trusting everyone who clapped will be here tonight. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing in Church Unlimited. We stand in awe of you. Lord, we stand amazed, thrilled, humbled. And Lord, as we come once again to your wonderful word, there's nothing quite like it. Your personal love letter to each of us. Your life-giving spirit that accompanies your word. Father, let it penetrate this morning every heart, mind, spirit, and body and do a work in our lives that will move us one step closer to you and into your presence. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Recent wonderful prophetic word we were given, and it goes like this. Right now, God is releasing an anointing for miracles, for unusual creative miracles, for ongoing miracles, not just a miracle here and a miracle there. Miracles will be expressed, and this is what's caught me, in every dimension of life. It will touch marriages. 
So you can have a fantastic marriage. It'll touch families. It'll touch finances, healings, business people, everything. That was the word. It came about two or three weeks ago. It was on a Sunday night from a prophet that came through. Same prophet who had the word acceleration of expansion. He was so deadly accurate. I'm really looking forward to hearing astounding miracles in families, in marriages, in businesses, in people's health, in freedom from addictions. Someone's going to come up to me and say, Pastor, I was addicted to pornography for 15 years, and God has set me free. That's what I'm waiting to hear. Miracles that affect every dimension of our lives. Because, you know, God cares about every aspect of our lives. Not just for your physical body to be healed. He cares about your emotions. If you're feeling discouraged or angry or depressed, God cares about our emotions. And he wants to do astounding miracles in all of these different areas of our lives because he cares for us body, soul, and spirit. He wants to heal us of any pain, any hurt, any disappointment that we may feel in our lives. So we're going to pick this up from Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. And it's about a man who's full of leprosy. Interesting, Jody talked about leprosy this morning. It's just flowing in the spirit. And, um, but I want you to see the leprosy as representing whatever miracle you need, okay? You haven't got leprosy, but what you have got is a form of leprosy. Could be in your family, could be in your health, your finances, whatever. And it happened when he was in a certain city, and behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. So he's he pretty desperate, this guy. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, <coughs> if you are willing, you can make me clean. Put out his hand, touched him, and said, I'm willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. This passage gives us a number of keys, I believe, to unusual miracles. Because you've got to admit, that was an unusual miracle. The man, it says, with leprosy, behold, a man full of leprosy saw Jesus. Saw Jesus. The first step to his miracle was that he saw Jesus. And first and foremost, if you want blessing from God, if you want breakthrough, you want an unusual miracle, <clears throat> you need to see Jesus. What I mean by that is, you see, he had to look away from his condition, look away from his decaying flesh, his unanswered prayers, his many questions that he would have had like, why me? Why this incredible suffering? He had to put all these things aside and in a Unique way had to fix his eyes upon Jesus, who alone is the source of the incredible miracle and breakthrough that you need. He fastened his eyes upon Jesus. And you and I know that our eyes are everywhere, aren't they? So often we're looking at our pain, we're looking at our suffering, we're looking at our struggling, and our, our focus is, is there. The focus is, why me, God? Or the focus is, what, God, why haven't you answered? It's all over the place. We've got to somehow throw that aside and fasten our eyes on Jesus. In Isaiah 53, 
that famous healing passage which says, Surely he's borne our sicknesses, carried our pains. The chastisement of his peace was upon us, and by his stripes we are healed. If again you see healed as whatever area of healing you need. In just 12 verses in Isaiah 53, the word he, speaking of Jesus, him or his, occurs 49 times. 49 times in just 12 verses. The focus of healing, unusual miracles, is he, him, his, and that speaks of the name of one person, and that person's name is? Set your eyes on Jesus. The power of the look. We all know what we look at is so powerful for positive or negative. And as we learn to fix our eyes upon Jesus... That's going to be the key to the fulfillment of everything that we desire and dream of in our lives. Get our focus off our troubles, off the preacher, off the doctor. Doesn't mean don't go to the doctor. But get your focus off the doctor. Get it on to Dr. Jesus. Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. I'll lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. Don't you like that? The more we fix our gaze on Jesus, the more we're going to see unusual miracles. There's a passage passage in Numbers 21 and verse 9. Let me read it to you. So Moses made a bronze serpent. Remember, they'd all been bitten by snakes. All been bitten by serpents. They can speak of your leprosy, you're bitten. Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. New Testament interprets that as a bronze serpent being lifted up, as a picture of Jesus lifted up upon the cross. And as they looked at the pole, the serpent, in this case, Jesus, they were healed. Focus on Jesus. Verse 12 says, He fell on his face. Full of leprosy, sees Jesus, fell on his face. Stay in verse 12 because I'm going to stay there too. When he saw Jesus, amazing, full of this incredible leprosy, he falls on his face. Hello? Hello? Humility and submission. And that's the correct way to come to Jesus. See, this man has suffered a lot. He could have said, what did I do to deserve this? I'm in pain every day. I can't work. I can't get near my family. I'm a social outcast. Leprosy. And you know, it's easy when things have gone wrong in our lives and our lives are a bit of a mess. We can feel like we're lepers. That everyone's looking at us and thinking, what's wrong with you? And he could have been feeling all of these things. The man could have said, this is unfair. He could have said, bitter? You better believe I'm bitter. And I've got every right to be bitter. I'm angry. He didn't come to Jesus that way. Now let me just say, you may go through a season of anger at God. And that kind of thing, but let it be a season. Don't stay there. But he doesn't come with this attitude. And his life has been wrecked 
And yet with humility of heart, he falls on his face and he worships. God gives grace to the humble. You want an unusual miracle? Humble your heart before God. I want to suggest this. Say to God, God, I don't deserve anything. You owe me nothing, God. You went to the cross for my sins. I'm going to heaven for eternity. That's enough, God. If you want to do something extra, God, I bow down and I worship you. Can you see the attitude? Sometimes, including me, just got to get off that high horse. (laughs) Shaking our fist at God. Fall on our faces. God, you owe me nothing. Opens the door for a miracle in your life. See, humility unlocks heaven. That's another sermon in itself. Verse 12. Fell on his face and he implored him. No casual, half-hearted prayer, is it? Implored, <laughs> beseeched, <laughs> called out like we're going to do tonight. He put his whole being into this request. Not, hey God, had a pretty rough deal now, heal me quick. No, no, he cries out. Again, that's humility to God. James 5 verse 6, 16, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We heard recently, Pastor Yongi Cho talked about task prayer, and we're going to do a bit of this tonight. Tells about how he was riddled with terminal cancer before he got saved, with terminal TB, sorry. When he got saved, God healed him miraculously, fantastic, but he was never healed of his bladder. For 25 years, he was running continually to the bathroom. He's complaining one day, and he says, God, why didn't you heal my bladder, heal the TB? The Lord replied, he said, you never asked. So then he talks about walking up and down his office saying, bladder, be healed. Bladder, be healed. Bladder, be healed. Two and a half hours later, he is totally healed by God's power. He calls it task prayer, not task prayer. No, it's pretty close. You've got to admit, my name's all over this. Task. Prayer. And he likened it to hitting a nail. Good carpenter hits a nail on the head. Bang, it goes in. But for a lot of us, a lot of people hit all around the nail, and the timber shows the scars. And sometimes your thumb shows the scars. How many of you ever hit your hammer on your thumb and got a black thumb out here? Come on, put your hands up. That's better. Be honest here. I've done it myself. Days when I used to build skyscrapers and Eiffel Tower and a few of those things that I was involved in. Someone's going to believe me, so that's fine. But some of us in our prayers, we hit all around the issue. Bang, 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 bang. And Cho was saying, no. He said, hit the nail on 
the head. Bladder, be healed. Bladder, be healed. Bladder, be healed. Two and a half hours later. Bladder, be healed. Bladder, be healed. That's how you get your miracle. Hit the nail on the head. Don't go around the world. Be focused, be specific, be precise. Bang! He was prophesying, really, to his bladder. He was praying and he was prophesying. And friends, we need to start to prophesy a bit more to our situations. And we need to say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Arise, be healed, be delivered, be set free. Come out in Jesus' name. And stand up an exceeding great army. So tonight, we'll spend some time in task prayer. Going to hit the nail on the head. Whatever it is you need, bang, 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 and see what God will do. I received this testimony from the last hour of power. I'd given everyone the prophetic words over Church Unlimited, and I was telling people, look, these words are not just for the church, they're for you. Acceleration of expansion is for you. Leave me astounded is for you. Supernatural vocation is for you. New era of conquest is for you. So thankfully, one person in the church actually believed that. (laughs) I'm sure many others did, and they said, okay. And I said, now ask God which one is specifically for you. And this person says the one God laid on their heart was, leave me astounded. So they prayed into it. God, I want you to leave me astounded. She says the next Wednesday, she received a significant, unexpected pay, pay increase and says, God definitely left me astounded. If you have not been left astounded in the last few months, can I say as humbly as I possibly can, you're being robbed by the devil. It's a prophetic word. I'm being left astounded again and again, and I mean astounded. I'm beginning to think, who is this God that I serve? It's just gone to a whole other dimension. That word is for you. Dare to believe it, go after it, and see what God will do. So leave me astounded is the now prophetic word. So we're going to chase it down again tonight and see what God will do. All right, so let's go on in Luke chapter 5, verse 12. The man then says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So he knew Jesus was able to do it. He knew Jesus could do the miracle that was needed. But he just wasn't sure God was willing to do it. A lot of people are like that. They said, look, I know God can do anything. God can set me free of my addiction. He can restore my family. He can heal my body. He can, I, I know he can do anything, but gosh, I'm not sure it's God's will to do it for me. To get your unusual miracle, you have to hear him saying, I am willing, as he says right here, verse 13, I am willing. <laughs> Let's say that with me, will you? I am willing. Yeah, I am willing. Another translation says, of course I want to. Of course I want to. And God says to you today, whatever you're facing, the miracle you need, and you're saying, God, you want to heal me? Do you want me to set me free? He's saying, of course I want to. I'm your Father in heaven. For goodness sake, I love you with an everlasting love. There's nothing I wouldn't do for you. It's God's will. Always. To heal and set free. 
But then we go to verse 15. It says, however, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. They came to hear and to be healed, not just to be healed. A lot of people want to be healed, but they don't want to hear the Word of God. They don't want to read the Word of God. They don't want to meditate in the Word of God. They say, God, heal me. He said, no, no, Jesus very rarely healed people just went in and healed them. No, he always, normally always opened up the word first. Declared the word of God. Preached the word of God. Let the word of God have its powerful effect. Then he healed them. Friends, if you want an unusual miracle, you need to get into the book. You need not to just listen to sermons, but you need to meditate in it. You need to read the book, read the Bible, and let, let the word do its work. Because the word of God is powerful. There was a woman who had a was wearing a brace. She had two operations. He's facing the third. Husband told the preacher, we've been praying if it's God's will to heal, that he'll give them the faith for it. Some people do that. God, if you want to heal me, you'll give me faith for it. The preacher said, if the New Testament says, Jesus took your wife's infirmities and bore her sicknesses, would it be his will to heal? And they both said, well, I guess if he said it, well, it would be. Then he read them, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his wounds, you have been healed. He read Isaiah 53, 35, surely he took our infirmities, carried our sorrows. Instructed them to have faith for healing, just like they had faith for salvation. The lady went home, took the God's word for what it said, threw off her brace, completely healed, didn't need a third operation. The husband then took his paralyzed mother to the meeting, and she also got up out of her wheelchair. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by this book, the Word of God. We've got to rebuild the altar of God's Word, of reading God's Word. It is just so, so powerful. You know, amazing, among the last words spoken by Jesus, do you know what they were among some of them? They will lay hands, their hands on sick people and they will get well. They were among his last words to every believer. Here's my question. How many people are you laying hands on to be healed? It's a command to every believer. Lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. One preacher said, when we stand before God, we're going to give an account for how we use these hands. These hands were made for healing. Healing Sicknesses, healing families, healing addictions, healing financial problems, healing whatever it is, emotional issues. These hands are made for healing. And we need to lay hands and pray for people at every possible opportunity that we can get. Because I'm convinced in this new era that many of the healings, breakthroughs, and miracles are going to come not from the platform but from the pew, when we pray for one another. Because the day of the superstar is over. Finished, gone. It's no more, friends. God is now raising up a mighty army of powerful, anointed believers in Jesus Christ who are going to lay hands on sick people. And we will see an explosion of unusual miracles. 
You know, a lot of people are probably thinking, well, you know, there's unusual miracles. Well, you know, maybe if God just puts an extra anointing on Pastor Tuck or one of the pastors or some preacher comes through with a powerful, and we'll see those unusual miracles. I don't believe God's going to do it, friends. I believe he's going to put that powerful anointing on you. How about that? And you are going to tell us of the great miracles that you're seeing take place through your life and your ministry. Now, having said that, please just don't go and lay hands on anybody. Ask permission first, because they may just lay hands on you, five-fold ministry, and say, be gone in Jesus' name. It's an important point, okay? Some people don't want hands laid on them. Well, leave them alone. I don't want everyone laying hands on me. I won't go any further on that. Share scripture first, then lay hands on them. That was the key to the healing here, the unusual miracle in Luke chapter 5. There's this father, he carried his, this child to a crusade meeting, and the child was debilitated so bad that it had to be carried to the meeting. And uh, they went up for prayer for healing. And the preacher said, um, you're not ready for healing. I want you to come back every night with your child. The man got really angry. He said, I've come to this meeting basically to get here. Maybe he'd come a long distance. I don't know. He was really angry. But anyway, he kept coming back. And on the third night, no one prayed for him. No one laid hands on him. But that girl stood up to her feet, completely healed by God's power because God's word did its work. The word of God, friends. They came to hear and be healed. They came to hear and be healed. That's why in the Hour of Power nights, in our prayer meetings, we always have scripture with virtually every prayer area that we are going after because we hear, releases faith, and then we can be healed. Final point I want to make is that sometimes there are areas in us that God wants to adjust. How many of you reckon you possibly need a little bit of adjustment in your life? It's about... Yeah, not many. A lot of you are. So, so the rest of you, raise your hand because just say, well, I'm like Jesus already. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened to the 90% that didn't raise their hands. I know some people think, I'm not raising your hand, my hand for anybody. I came here to just enjoy and relax in my service, and I'm not, I'm not going to do what you say. I understand that, because I'd probably be the same if I was sitting there. But then God would deal with me, I'm sure. <laughs> How do I get on to that? Let's, let's come back to this. <laughs> hindrances, see? Not raising your hands, a hindrance. No, it's not. All right. But there can be areas in our lives God wants to adjust. Now, we don't earn healing, okay? Can I make that clear? We don't earn healing. But you can position yourself a little bit better. For example, if you, if you come to an hour of power, it's true, isn't it? You're positioning yourself. For, for, for God to do something. Now, you don't have to come. God, God can do it elsewhere. But there's some things we can do to position ourselves for a better, for a miracle. You know, if we're walking closer to God, there's a good chance that God's going to do things in our lives if we're, as opposed to out there just sitting and watching the Olympics all day. I had to get that in. Because I just know that you all pray before you watch the Olympics. I know you do that. But in case there's someone here who skipped prayer and just, you know, whatever. All right. Ephesians 5.26. 
that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Sometimes there's adjustments that need to take place in our lives. I heard this amazing story. Good friend of mine, mega church, had this stomach ulcer. It was really bad. And it just, just wouldn't go away. And he's crying out to God, God, heal me. And God spoke to him. You'd know the person. God said to him, I will heal you if you put things right with your senior pastor. That's why I like this story so much. <laughs> so the guy thought, well, I better do it. He had attitude and said some things that he shouldn't have. So he goes to the senior pastor, puts it right. The next day, totally healed by God's power. Sometimes there are hindrances. And I've heard numbers of stories along these lines, which I won't go into tonight. But sometimes we need to, we need to be cleansed. It's almost like preparation for surgery. If you need an operation, there's no point in turning up in the hospital with dirty hands and your gardening clothes. Because the doctor is going to, and, and say to the doctor, hey, let's get this done quickly. I've got to get home and back to work. Doctor's going to say it doesn't work that way. He says, you've got to come to the hospital 48 hours ahead of time. You can't eat any solid food and you can't come dirty and expect a successful operation. How many of you understand that? Okay. We understand it in the natural. When we come to God, sometimes there's some cleansing that may need to take place. Inward changes. We need to hear God's word. We need to meditate. Let the word wash us. Prepare us for a miracle. Sometimes God gives a breakthrough without any of that, just in his mercy. Just, you come unprepared and God, bang, just does it. And, he, and God's like that. He's, you don't earn your healing, all right? I'm just trying to make that very clear. But you can position yourself by removing any hindrances. And you know, when a person really gets right with God, repents, starts being a better husband or wife, less critical, draws closer to God, I want to suggest they're more able to receive from God. Does that make sense? I think it's true. More able to receive from God. We don't earn a miracle or a healing, but some things can be a hindrance. When we do get closer to God and inward changes take place, even if the miracle takes place, the healing, sometimes the inner changes are actually more valuable. You're suddenly a better Christian. You're suddenly closer to God. You've suddenly dealt with a, an, an area of, of weakness in your character. You're now a better husband. Now a better wife or, or better parent, whatever it might be. Some of those inner changes. Because I've seen this, that most of us, when in trouble, we get a bit more serious with God. That's the blessing of trouble. Isn't it? It's a great blessing. Trouble's a great blessing. I know you came to hear that this morning. Thank you, Pastor. I really wanted to hear that. It's a great blessing. Because the greatest thing in life is to get closer to God. Could you have that for eternity? So let your trouble move you in closer to God. See, God will take every opportunity to bring us closer to him. It's time to step in to the anointing 
for unusual miracles that will touch every dimension of your life. If you want to position yourself for that, firstly, you need to see Jesus. Take your eyes off everything else, the problem, the questions, the struggles. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Come with a humble attitude. Fall on your face. Worship the King. Humility releases the grace of God. Then, fervent prayer. He implored Jesus. Really cried out. And you know, as a church, a prophetic word came a few weeks ago that God wants us to intensify our praying fervency, to push through the barriers and take territory for God. So fervent prayer, task prayer. Hit that nail on the head. Bang, 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 bang. It may take you two and a half hours. But what's two and a half hours compared to another five years of suffering? Do the maths. Give it a few hours and see what God does. Realize God is willing to work a miracle for you. As the musicians come and join me, of course I want to. So God's saying to you and to me that, of course I want to. And then, remember, you've got to hear. They came and heard the word, and then they were healed. You've got to hear the word of God. Because the word of God, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the last point was, as you're crying out for your miracle, as I'm crying out for my miracles, let God do a work in your heart. Draw you closer to himself. Remove any hindrances. Deal with areas in your life. Make you a better person, a better Christian. That's always well worth it, isn't it? It's time for the anointing for unusual miracles. And remember this. It's going to come through you. It's not from the platform. It's from the pew. You're an anointed, full-time minister of the gospel. Powerfully mantled by God to do incredible works. Just before we sing, I say one more thing. So a lot of you people sitting here, and I'm this is prophetic now, all right? And you have no idea of the dimension of healing power that you carry. You have no idea. And I dare you, with permission, to start praying for people with the laying on of hands And there will be an explosion of God's power in this place. And we will see unusual miracles like we've never seen before. But it's time for the army of God. Remember Ezekiel's message prophesied to the dry bones. There was a coming together, bone to bone, and they arose their feet and stood an exceedingly great army. That will be the army of Church Unlimited. Powerful anointed healing and seeing unusual miracles and breakthroughs in Jesus' name. Amen? Leave me astounded. We're going to take it from the top. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you for being so awesome and listening this morning and coming along. I'm going to head off to the museum, check out some of those historic things that are out there, preach a few for a few minutes while I'm there as well. But right now, I want us to sing the song. 
This is a prophetic song, especially when we come to leave me astounded and begin to prepare your heart for God to leave you astounded today, tomorrow, this coming week, over and over and over again. Love you all. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you if you can make it tonight.